Welcome to Life Chats with Friends, discussions with people that are of service to others, sharing insights to help you show up as your best. Brought to you by Antonio Stevens and Twani Fitness. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to yet again another episode of Life Chats with Friends. Um, as many of you can probably tell, the quality is a lot better. So shout out to everyone that stuck um, with this to get to this point. Um, I am super excited to be joined today by Steven Zipecki and, <laughs> and Gregory Marcus. Um, we have a really, really awesome conversation lined up for today, um, a conversation that I think will bring a lot of value uh, to anybody that may be listening, just given where we are in the world today and exactly what this means. What we'll be discussing and going over is, or talking through, wading through, is what it means to be unapologetic. Um, I'll go ahead and briefly introduce Stephen and Gregory. So Stephen grew up in Connecticut. He moved uh, to D.C. with his husband, Patrick, after he finished his Ph.D., he has a bachelor's in science and bachelor of science in biology and environmental science. He also has a master's of science in biology. He taught high school biology and environmental science in New Haven, Connecticut, in Washington, D.C. A hundred percent of his work was in historically underrepresented communities, hundred um, percent minority, hundred percent free meals, etc. He has worked in bars while teaching, um, transitioned to work with the National Oceanic, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, where he continued with edu- education outreach and environmental science work. He has recently transitioned to work for a nonprofit as a consultant, um, focusing uh, on climate work, veterans, uh, veterans affairs, and natural resource exploitation. He loves to travel. Loves hosting, loves eating. I can attest to that. He's obsessed (laughs) with scuba diving and aquatic life, and he enjoys um, connecting with people to better understand the world. Um, And then also joined here with me, as I'd mentioned, Gregory Marcus, who has become a big brother um, in so many different ways. He is a bartender at a local dive here in D.C. called Trade. He is also an international go-go dancer. He is also a legend in the ballroom scene and a member of the iconic International House of Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. He is currently in school, and he also works in healthcare consulting. Um, both of these two are probably two of the most unapologetic people that um, I have or know in my life. <laughs> <It's> apologies. Um, <laughs> it's the only time you can hear that. I'm sorry. Right now. Um, And just to briefly ground us in this discussion before we dive in, um, many of you probably have noticed in the news or social media and in our workplaces that it's time for us to really stop conforming to dominant cultures and show up as our authentic selves. And a part of this is not apologizing for who you are, but how you do, how we do what, what we do and really taking the time to figure out what it means to be unapologetic, not only at home, but at work and in our communities. And so with that, again, I'm super excited to have Gregory and Steven here with me today. Um, I will go ahead and open it up. So Gregory and Steven, tell us about yourselves. Who are you both? Where are you from? (laughs) And what makes you you? 
Wow. Well, you give me a good intro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know all about my uh, professional life and my personal life. Um, yeah, identified as gay while back um, my rising sophomore year of college. Um, I always kind of knew that I liked boys. I always kind of knew I liked girls a little bit. And then I'm like, all right, things are getting interesting. And then I met Patrick, and that was pretty amazing. I, um, I was also in a family of educators, so everyone in my family was teaching was so my brother's sisters my father was a principal so I was kind of thrown into that that guys of like hey what do you need to do as a professional when you graduate college and I'm like oh crap I wasn't really set up to do that I'll just go into the family quote business and jumped into education and in Connecticut you have to have a teacher certification you have to go through all the stuff and that's if you're going into some schools and in other schools which unfortunately were the communities that were not represented in a positive light mostly black minority communities um, it was easier for a person with a skill set to jump into education. You have to take a couple extra classes. They're in just such dire need to have teachers and people that cared. To, so they would say, you know, hire anyone. Positive or negative, I went in there. I loved it. Um, but I found myself surrounded by a lot of people who are not so skilled and maybe just exhausted by the system. And it made me really want to work harder to push my students, push myself, and and by pushing myself and my understanding where like people come from, what they deal with, wow, I'm getting like emotional because I'm just thinking about all the stuff I've dealt with as a teacher in those schools. Like kids are, you know, locked away in basements or they're crying because they don't want to go home on the weekends or holidays, holiday time. Everything was just not settled. There wasn't food at home, things like that. Mm. And this happens right in our own backyard. I was teaching here in DC too. And I realized just by kind of looking around my personal experiences i could see my friends who were like oh our lives are terrible well they're not really that terrible because just look down the street what are we complaining mm-hmm. about and it's, there's just a lot so i've who i am is based on my ability to observe um, i'm a scientist that's why i put it out there and i love observing people and being good to people and that's something i i thank my parents for because they really kind of instilled that in me so it's i've been very grateful i'm spoiled because I've had such great situations and I've had minimal bad situations, but that allows me to have the energy to help kind of lift people up. There we are. <laughs> uh, I mean, my family comes from Hillsborough, North Carolina. If, and if you know anything about Hillsborough, Hillsborough is very sticky. <laughs> um, my mother graduated high school with two kids. Um, she could have fell into the stereotype of a young black mother falling into government assistance, but she decided to go the route of uh, working her ass off and becoming an influence um, for her kids. And she has, uh, the lady's still in school, which encourages me to continue on my journey, my academic journey. Um, She started off as like a call center representative for Kaiser Permanente, and now she's like running a division for Medicare Medicaid and You know, I kind of jumped into that same, you know, uh, occupation where, you know, now I'm doing healthcare consulting. Um, It was really nice to hear like your bios, even as long as we, you and I have been friends. Um, I didn't realize how like closely we're connected with each other occupation wise. We're both former educators. So that was really nice to hear. Um, We both are now working very closely (laughs) in different areas, but we both kind of have the same client um, Mm -hmm. for (laughs) (laughs) consulting. So we um, that's really nice to hear. And then I don't know if you know Antonio, but like his his 
history of working in a bar was at trade as well. Mm, yeah. Thank you <laughs> we didn't that. work there at the same time, <laughs> but like, you know, it's nice to know that like we have this like this degree of being around each other uh, emotionally, spiritually and physically. So that's really nice to hear. Um, at a young age, I came out about 16 um, to my parents. Um, I don't have the trauma um, of parents or family um, not supporting me. Um, I think if anything, the only negative response that I got from my grandmother was when they did sit me down to like inquire, it was not a direct inquire. It was like a, what's going on? Only girls call the house for you. I'm like, so if there were only guys that called the house for me, like, isn't that still like a questionable kind of thing? But um, anyway, so I was just like not trying to accept what she was saying. So my response is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, oh, come on, Gregory. We already know. <laughs> so, like, that was the best of, like, or the worst of, like, uh, came out of my coming out story. Um, I met a group of friends while in Bowie, Maryland, which I spent a lot of my childhood um, growing up there. And um, those group of friends introduced me to what is the ballroom scene, mm. um, which is, like, a Hollywood competition style um, you know, atmosphere where, you know, people of our community compete in various competitions like voguing and runway and fashion. And, you know, when I went to my first ball, I was just amazed, like, what the heck is this? Like, and I was like, immediately, I was like, I want to join this. Mm -hmm. And I met my house father, Harold, um, in a parking lot of a club that Obviously, I couldn't get into because I was too young. Um, <laughs> that I did not go into. Let put that on the record. <laughs> Maybe I did. Um, full circle. Who I work for now. The owners owned that. The owners of Trade owned that club before. Uh, anyway, fast forwarding. Um, I was walking in the parking lot and I had my arms folded. And my house father walked past me. And slapped my hands and to to where they are now not folded, and he's like, don't. <laughs> he's like, don't walk like that. He was like, only sissies fold their arms, and I'm like, oh. and <laughs> so I mean, I celebrate that now, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. So from there, I was just like, wow, I want to know this. I want to like, mm -hmm. I want to engage with this, and I was introduced to R.J. Balenciaga, who took the role as my my gay mother who are parents who kind of like mm. um who assist with your growth in in the ballroom scene and i told her that i wanted to be in the house of balenciaga she introduced me to harold formally and harold's like how old are you and i was like i'm 16 and he's like you can't join the house until you graduate high school mm. so i'm like Okay, what so, am I gonna do now? What, what do I do? <laughs> but no, I. Uh, so I hate to say it, but like it really drove me to excel in my later years in high school. And once I graduated high school, that next summer I was inducted in the House of Balenciaga, and um, and there there I was. Mm -hmm. I excelled in the category called runway. 
um, I became. I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I became. I became a DC staple for that. Being a DC staple in that category was not enough for me. Mm. Um, I became more uh, nationally known for Walking Runway. Mm. Uh, we have these award ceremonies called award ball awards balls, and within my first year of Walking Runway, I won an of the year uh, award. For, uh, for every city, every major city in the East Coast in my very first year. Mm. And then wow. in 2013, I was deemed a legend. <laughs> in wow. <two> th- <laughs> <laughs> in, in 2013, I became a legend in the ballroom scene. And to this day, I, I am still a very influential piece of, of the House of Balenciaga and a leader of our house. I... First, yes, wow. wow. <laughs> and second, I think this is my first time really hearing you sort of dive into that experience, but it totally makes sense just seeing how you operate. And even with me personally, like in this whole process of growth and transformation and coming into this sense of self you have just been this rock and pillar of like nothing less than self like embrace more like push ease into it like don't shy away and i'm happy that you are taking those learnings this experience that you've had that has totally transformed your life and figuring out how you touch other people in this journey of self-discovery that we we're all going through in a really interesting time of our existence and time to be alive. That's perfect. (laughs) Honestly, you You know, Gregory, I, I, I want to echo that the idea of being part of the ball scene is a huge thing. I, when I started teaching, I was obsessive Laomi (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I would in the classroom kind of do like a move or two with my students and the kids are like whoa Mr. Z's got some move careful guys I'm like guys don't worry calm down calm down calm down and I yeah we would have like host like parties I would have a projector up in my house with just my gay friends in, in New Haven Connecticut and we would project all those grainy crappy YouTube videos from yes. the from the New York City hotel basement like mm-hmm. lounge zones where everyone's just they're setting up stage they're all doing their things and like Shablam was part of my my vernacular, right? <laughs> like, God, I hate that word. I know, right? <laughs> but that's the time there, and that's where mm-hmm. it was, and mm-hmm. that I was addicted to. I loved it. I love watching it. Love just I that actually bring it back to the topic. That's being unapologetic, being just that strong to be in that community. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I like see that, and I wanted to have that as part of my life too. Yeah, I owe a lot of my confidence. Um, to participating in the ballroom scene. It's nothing like sitting amongst a group of superior LGBTQ members and to be judged, you know? I mean, that's the name of the game, right? You go on this stage and you perform at your best to be judged by those who essentially created, you know, this this scene. They know best, you know? they. They know what they want to see, and it's your job to perform for the audience and for those judges. 
and nothing is guaranteed nothing is is nothing is handed to you like you really have to go out and wow these individuals and that that it was a huge influence to my growth as a member of the ballroom scene but also taking that and and using that for my own personal growth in everything mm-hmm. that I did whether it was academically or professionally like I always took that that mindset that I need to impress these individuals and I need to show up I need to show out and I need to be the best at of who what I can who I can be mm, I love that let's dive a little bit deeper so when we talk about unapologetic I feel like it sits on a spectrum and so what I would like to do is provide a few a variety of dictionary definitions that I've found and would love initial reactions. And then I would love for both of you to define this. So what does this mean to you based on how you've been based on the, the, the life and lived experience, lived experience that you've been carrying out for the time you've been on this planet. So um, I'll start with, again, a few definitions that I've found. So uh, one definition was being unapologetic means not acknowledging or expressing regret. Another was unapologetic means being the whole version of yourself, doing more of what makes you unique and less of what others consider as normal. And the last one I found uh, from Urban Dictionary, which I thought was great, um, to be careless and not give a fuck after a certain situation, to be screwed over and still not care because you stop feeling anything. What are your thoughts? How would you both define this? And yeah, how would you both define this? Eyes on me. All right. Um, I, you know, the one that sounds that I relate to the most is the second one, just being unapologetic for the whole version of yourself. Um, just with, I mean, when I look at anything or define anything, when we look at each other, being unapologetic is about your character, right? But we don't tend to, like, often when we judge someone's character, we first look at them, right? Mm. We look at the way they dress and the way they hold themselves and the way they communicate with other people, their actions and things like that. And what (laughs) I'm going to reflect on you, Gregory, for this. Um, Being unapologetic when someone first sees you, you are tall, you're handsome. At the same time, when we go to Flash sometimes, (laughs) I'm like, this boy is carrying some... (laughs) persona that is incredible and it yes. turns everyone's heads around yes. and they're like who is this <laughs> with this this masculine giant man and this beautiful feminine like yes. single woman and i'm like you are making everyone just wondering what is the point of their own lives exactly. and i'm like that's being unapologetic and that's how i see it i'm trying to emulate that with just a damn mullet <laughs> like i can't do it <laughs> it's so you know I, i'm that's, I mean, that's kind of why I see what being on apologetic is just chasing those things that are mm. really, that interest you, that make you feel strong, make you feel happy and... And powerful. And powerful. Mm. Well, when you're happy, you're powerful, right? Absolutely. And that allows you, again, just thinking about like education, like being able to pass on energy and positive vibes to students who are in mm-hmm. maybe rougher situations. Be that bartender or bar back, because that's why I was, <laughs> to bar talk staff. to someone to... Mm who is in the bad place or in the yeah. quietest place. And like, that's like working at trade. I talk to everyone, every, every single person, every single person. And that's I, my friends who are, I go to the bar with, they're like, well, we didn't see you. I'm like, well, I see you all the time. I'll go be friendly to new people. Mm-hmm. And 
people I've seen that probably need a little more attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, cool. I say this all the time. Like in DC, there are three people or three types of people who everyone in this city just kind of wants to gravitate towards. And that's a bartender or bar staff, uh, someone who works in real estate or someone who works on the mm-hmm. Hill. You know what I mean? Like those three occupations and people who work in those three occupations seem to be somewhat valuable, mm-hmm. you know, to people's like social, like, I don't know. I don't want to say status, but like people find some kind of value in those individuals and speaking personally i mean working in the bar scene it's like you know people who are new to the city like the first thing that you want to do is like kind of meet people and like Mm -hmm. where do you go you know some people come to the bar by themselves and like it's kind of not a pri i mean i don't want to say priority it's not something that is expected of us but like what i really love about trade is that like we value that interaction with those new people making you feel like this is a a home and safe space for you so i mean there are other bars where you go and no one you know wants to even engage with you or just wants to know what you want to drink and move on where here at trade i think dusty martinez is a huge example of this where you know if he sees you sitting by yourself at a bar he may not know who you are but you guys are going to be best friends, you know, once you leave. Um, going into your question at hand, I think the the first one you mentioned about not acknowledging or expressing regret kind of stood out to me because I feel like the acknowledging regret drives exactly why I feel I'm unapologetic. Mm. You know, I look at these situations like, you know, something simple as should I wear this outfit? Am I going to regret? If I, am, I going, am I going to regret if I don't wear this outfit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this was an opportunity for me to do this or wear mm-hmm. this. And like, you know what I mean? Like uh, there was a time we all went out to flash, right? Mm-hmm. We, it was a straight event. It was a daytime event. I think the ambiance kind of just like gave very like Miami vice beachy yes. kind of vibes. Right. You guys wore button-down shirts, floral prints. Mm. What did I wear? A bodysuit and denim booty shorts. (laughs) So it was like, you know, and I thought to myself, I thought to myself, especially because Steven's like, we're going to be with the straights. I'm like, okay. Let's do this. Is this going to make them feel uncomfortable? You know, like, what kind of, like, I don't know, like, how are people going to perceive or how... How are people going to receive this look? Not Mm. receive it, but how are they going to receive this? And then, so acknowledging the regret, the first thing I thought to myself was, this is an opportunity for me to feel comfortable. Mm. One, this is an opportunity to show exactly who I am, which is somebody who really does not give a fuck. So these questions that I'm rolling over my head, the answer to all of that is, I'm doing this for me. Mm. You can receive it or you don't. But But let me... Okay. So, A, I love that. But where does someone start? So somebody that may not be wired like you are or Steven is or I am that may be holding on to a lot of shame around who they are. How do they get to a place where they can shed 
that sense of self to be comfortable enough to step outside and say literally no regrets <laughs> like i don't care this is this is it this is me and take it or leave it i don't know if i have <clears throat> the answer for that right but what i can say is like what helps me is the baby steps mm-hmm. i didn't just jump out you know and have that confidence it does start with like confidence right like you have to build that confidence so if i could give advice to a younger me or someone who experienced or wants to experience like that unapologetic lifestyle is to look in the mirror first mm. you know what i mean mm. dress for you mm. you know what i mean you might not wear that bodysuit to trade or wear that bodysuit to flash or anywhere you might not wear that bodysuit to the grocery store however like you can or you could or, or you, could. <laughs> you could but like if if what you want to do is like is to live that comfortably mm. um i would say start with the mirror mm. put on that bodysuit in the mirror and wear it for you mm-hmm. you know what i mean you want to throw on some lipstick honey do it you want to you want to th- you want to go <laughs> what was that saying throw some glitter on it honey and go dancing you know like right it's i think it, it starts within you and you have to build that confidence for yourself first so mm-hmm. like look in the mirror put on that bodysuit for you put on that look for you put on that wig for you put on that whatever you want for you first mm-hmm. and then i think your confidence will build and you can start from there you know there's i the scientist in me is like it's a nature and nurture thing you are going to be either born that way to be outgoing and to have these experiences and really as it says by definition not caring at all not giving a fuck or anything like that like literally just i'm gonna do it and that to that point when someone is born that way they may not necessarily know how to react and be polite to other people because Mm -hmm. i think a big part of this acknowledgement of us being unapologetic is what makes us kind of stand out more so is that we are very respectful of the other people around us. And then going back to that nature versus nurture, I think our confidence has been built up because of our family and because of our friends Mm -hmm. that gives us the opportunity. So I think it's very easy for us to kind of maybe potentially forget that there's been decades for some of us of of experiences that we can build upon to build our confidence and move forward. Like there's some people that just don't have that. And then, Mm all right, you have some person that is expressing themselves fully and then they tend to get, they may be very genuine. They may be also ostracizing themselves from the group Mm. or a community because they may not have that sense of need to be friendly or nice or, I mean, this is a big, big thing. Like what does it really mean? How do you become unapologetic? So again, playing devil's advocate, what is the extent or limit to being unapologetic? And I think we've seen in recent years around politics and such, you have these groups that are doing exactly that, showing up without fear of being or expressing exactly who they are. And what we've seen from that are communities and people being hurt as a result of that. So yeah, what are the limitations to being un- unapologetic or showing up in your truest, most authentic nature and power. Hearing that, first off, I don't feel like there is a limit to me living unapologetically. However, what Steven said uh, really resonated with me with like the respect level, right? 
I'm never going to go into a situation or place or um, and force my unapologetic living on someone. So I think that that's where the limit is uh, for me, not with my own self-representation, but with, you know, how I am cautious of how people receive it, you know, but and and I monitor that or navigate that with my interactions you know like i'm never i'm never going to force you know my living or my less than traditional lifestyle on anyone Mm -hmm. you know um i'm never going to go into a an environment where there's predominantly heterosexual men and feel like i need to show them the way of homosexuality (laughs) you know what i mean like or you know i think I think what I do for and how I move and how I navigate this lifestyle is for me mm-hmm. and not for other people. And if they receive it well and they celebrate it, then that's something that they bring to me. It's not something that I bring to, to them. That. Mm-hmm. Well, that celebration builds you up too. That's a positive reinforcement that kind of says, yes, mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing. I'm with the right group of people. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the only way that I feel like I could be unapologetic. Because I've forced myself to be surrounded by amazing people. Absolutely. And you know, the cool thing, like working at the bar, you get to see people in all different states. <laughs> and the fun thing about being behind the bar and working as a professional, not drinking, not doing anything, you get to observe these people and make the choice of person A or person B. Person A is shit-faced, <laughs> but they're still really nice. So I think mm. I might want to be friends with you at some point in your life. Yeah. Because And then person B is shit-faced and mean. Nah next no. move on mm-hmm. and that's kind of a fun we've been in weird situations that allow us to kind of grow that way mm-hmm. and again it's about I feel like it's really about surrounding yourself by people that help build you up absolutely how do you remain connected to this collective sense of humanity and again I'll keep going back to that example of We've now seen extremists that are doing exactly that, being unapologetic. And it's almost as though they're operating in their own bubble. So what is that mid-ground where you can absolutely have your views, you can absolutely express in the way that you want to express without hurting other people or at the cost of the happiness or basic human rights and dignity of other people that that are, are surround us yeah there's a lot of hot topics right there that we can jump right into <laughs> let's talk about roe versus wade and like yeah. how that is the decision of a very of a minority that's trying to dictate what's going on with a majority right mm-hmm. um to be unapologetic also is for us especially standing out is a reflection of diversity mm. and as soon as we lose that individuality, we are all the same. When mm-hmm. we become all the same, we tend to not become unapologetic because to be unapologetic means to be different from the norm. Mm-hmm. And is our kindness unapologetic? Yeah. But that stands out for some people, which is just one thing. They'll come to the bar to come see you and say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm here because you're a positive influence in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of negativity that's going around and it's hard to I think the 
I just want to stay seen mm. because I feel like my positive influence is a lot louder than someone else's negative. Negative. Mm. Yeah. Immediately when you asked that question, I started thinking about Roe versus Wade and I couldn't help but to think about, um, you know, people making decisions for other people. And, you know, I think it's just like, you know, we've heard this before, right? Like they keep making it about religious beliefs and mm. and their decision based on that. And it's just like, you know, I, I think part of being unapologetic is acceptance and knowing that like other people are different, right? And not forcing your beliefs and your decisions mm. on other people, right? Mm. And I feel like that's exactly what's happening in this very moment, that very that particular topic is like, you know, we don't care. Like, I'm not religious, you know what I mean? But I accept you for being religious. Mm. And give you that peace and that space that be religious exactly. in your own zone. But yeah. You can always talk to me about your God. You can talk to me about, you know, your book. You can talk to me about your beliefs. That does not mean that I'm going to jump on that bandwagon, right? It's mm. not... Uh, I accept you for you. We have a diff- we have different beliefs, and that's just that. And the flip side, I will never encourage you to be like me. Mm. I would never say that you are less than or you're making a bad decision because you decide to drink uh, Tito's. Hey, <laughs> uh, not I was gonna say Tito's. And soda. Tito's and soda. Yeah, well, I'm a Malibu. I'm not, ju- line, I'm so not judging, I promise. <laughs> um, but, like, if you decide to, you know, drink a Long Island, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to side out. <laughs> There's a mission behind that. But I am that. not <laughs> going to force my beliefs in thinking that, like, you should not drink that Long Island or, mm. you know, whatever. It's like, that's your choice and let's celebrate it, honey. It's going to be the best Long Island you can drink, you know? And I wish the world was more like that, where we just accept people for who they are and agree to disagree, you know, and make and and navigate your lives and customize it the way that you need and how they how everyone would feel most comfortable. So what I'm hearing from both of you and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more about how do we get better at creating safe spaces to have meaningful debate and meaningful connection so that we can better understand each other in the way that we are being unapologetic versus kind of what I feel like we're doing is speaking past each other and it's like I'm right you're wrong or I deserve and you don't deserve as soon as you started that comment Mm -hmm. I was just like how do we get better at listening yeah You know what I mean? It's it's easy to hear somebody, but are you really listening? listening? You know, and I think that's a big thing with me too. It's like personally, I would, I want to become a better listener. You know what I mean? I can talk, 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 talk. That's why we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but I think that you know, I want to challenge myself to be a better listener, and you know, and um, I think you yeah. are a good listener actually, and that's you're also a very good listener, Antonio. Like that's the reason why we're all together because we all have mm. voices that are being heard among our group of friends Mm. and yeah i see that where it doesn't exist with groups of friends quotes friends Mm. Mm -hmm. who go to the parties together and they do all the same stuff they have the same experiences but they're so disconnected disconnected, even though they're physically next to each other Mm. and it's 
That's a deep thing. We can go into that conversation too if you really want, because being unapologetic is being comfortable about what you have and mm. what you bring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does empowerment look like? So, if we use, for example, the, if we use uh, as an example what you just provided, Stephen, like in these groups or in these spaces or looking in the mirror, what does empowerment look like for somebody that is trying to figure out how to be unapologetic, where to start, how can community members, people around them, support them in in pushing them to get to that place? How can they support themselves in doing that? And I know for, for me personally, what I've recognized is a lot of that starts with you, right? So nobody else will be able to identify what you need, what, what that looks like for you. I think you can test and use the people around you or let not use leverage the people around you for feedback and input and insights. But at the end of the day, yeah, you're the only one that understands the work is on you. Yeah. Yeah. The work is on us. I feel like a little more so because I feel that we're connected enough with ourselves and grounded enough that we have to reach out to our friends. And that's Mm. what, you know, going to the bar and for myself just to walk around to talk to, people that I don't normally ever hang out with just to see what their life is like and see what's going on. It's just kind of a way of stepping out of that boundary. And you kind of nailed it in the beginning. You're like, what things can the community do? You have to have a community. Mm. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's what gives us our strength. We're nobody when we're on our own. Mm. I feel like, and I get emotional thinking about like how we work to create like the group that we have and i'm so proud of like our group um and i use like hunter mckinney as like an example that you know this kid is like this young kid who i mean aesthetically like age-wise like he just doesn't seem like somebody who like you would immediately smart and as touching yeah like businessman oh my god and then you listen to him and you like you hear him talk and you're just like wow and like you know a lot of what he's doing in his life and a lot of things that he's like been through in his mm. life at such a young age still like encourages me and influences me to to reach Smile. out and to <laughs> to Mm. yeah just to to live your life to the fullest you Mm. know and it's funny that like me as a 34 year old man like i learning these like life lessons from this like 20 how old is he now like 25 24 is it 25 or something and it's like it's just amazing and i never would have thought like you know just from an outside end that like you would look at hunter and you look at me and then some people were just like how do they even fucking know each other you know mm. what i mean but he's actually one of my best friends and i i love it yeah and that's it it's a community though that's it we're all kind of supporting each other so that's is it's, that being unapologetic that's I, f- I feel like it's like how do we take because the whole point of like we've been bringing that up right ranting mm. um <laughs> the <laughs> the whole point of me bringing that up is like how do we reach people like the Hunter McKinney's of our community mm. who aren't directly affiliated within our circle? Mm. And how do we promote that unapologetic living to those individuals who we don't touch as closely as Hunter? You know what I mean? Right. I think... And the bars can't I mean, be the center of things. 
a lot of that and what I'm seeing now is being yourself. I think being yourself is so underrated. And like you said, I think that starts with really doing the work. But like even what I'm starting to notice now, people look at me and they're like, where do we place him? I'm a little confused. It's like, man, woman, nails painted. Let's talk about it. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about it. Where do we place him? But I think there's so much power in that. It's like, oh, it's okay to do that. It's okay to explore that. And I've even tried explaining to people. It's like, sometimes it's like, close your eyes. And every time it feels uncomfortable, it's like, fuck it, lean in, keep going lean in keep going and the more you keep doing that again this like shedding of self you kind of get to a place where it's like well there's no more shedding to do i'm just refining and there's the way that that comes off like the (laughs) the power that you possess from that place of self actual like you really know and understand yourself like once you get there like people really recognize and see that and they may not say it but you just have people questioning like well why can't i if they do i see uh, the people around us are just like okay cool (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes it's not not even that it doesn't have to be that Uh, deep either it could be mm. just paint your nails go have fun Mm. grow a mullet (laughs) or not (laughs) or not (laughs) my mom hates it (laughs) everyone else loves it though mom um, Spicy lettuce. Yeah, it's, it's a comfort for me. Mm. Whenever we're at like a party, I'm just like, bro, this <laughs> it's a two-way street. Thing. Yeah, there's, you know, we're outgoing too. That's another big part mm. of it. So, like, some people need to get out of their comfort zones that you just brought up, and some people need to take that step. Well, some for some people, that's going to a grocery store. Mm. It's for me. It's like it's also like stop falling into the social norms and the stereotypes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like going back to the creation of our team, right? Like I don't want to be in a group that all looks like me. Mm. What do I learn from that? You know what I mean? Like we we were talking, we were discussing the story about like the group of individuals who all look like each other who came into <laughs> trade and all felt like they were uncomfortable in a place, right? But when you hit the facts, right? The facts Mm. are this, because I'm never going to argue feelings. I argue facts. Mm. And the fact is, you don't feel uncomfortable because you don't feel like this bar is diverse enough. Mm. You feel uncomfortable because you are stuck in the social norm of what you feel is entertaining, and that's one style of music. That's, you Mm. know, one way of living, one way to dress, and that's it. And that's on you. You. Mm -hmm. That is not the the bar or the club or the park that you're in, you know what I mean? It's that you're stuck in this social norm Mm. and you feel uncomfortable because of that. The atmosphere is not making you feel uncomfortable. You are stuck into this one way of life and that's why you feel uncomfortable. Mm. Because the fact is those group of individuals who came into our bar that time and expressed their discomfort and said that it wasn't diverse enough we actually made the majority that night at the bar. Mm. You know what I mean? And the fact is, there was two POCs behind the bar. The security staff made up of all POCs. The DJ that night was Baron Hawk, who is a POC. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. And the fact that 
he was playing something that wasn't what you're used to hearing or something that was not your preferred genre of music, you then fall back into this mm. safe word of diversity mm. and lack thereof in that place. And it irks me all the time. Mm. You know what I mean? And then it's just like, you know, going back to, you know, my non or my less than traditional lifestyle, I'm married to a white man, right? Some people see that as a, oh shit, like he doesn't date black guys. Mm-hmm. My entire life, I've dated black guys. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or I've dated POCs. Like, if you look at my history of boyfriends, shit, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the entire rainbow. You know what I mean? But the salad the, you said? But wow. none of that matters wow. because. A milestone in my mm. life I decided to choose with a man who is who is not like me. Mm. You know what I mean? And, it, you know, as Antonio was saying, we then become these, like, unicorns and not so much in a great way where, you know, people look at us like, where do we place you? Misunderstood. You know, like, and it's kind of like we start to question ourselves, like, well, what did we do mm. going back to the you know, acknowledging the regret, it's like, I choose not to, you know, to to allow those feelings of other people to navigate my lifestyle. You know mm. what I mean? If anything, I'm going to be the one to break those walls. I'm going to be the one to walk into a place. And if I'm the only POC, I feel powerful. Exactly. Yes. Um, you know what like I mean? I don't there. feel yeah. I don't feel uncomfortable. I feel powerful. I feel unique. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could look at me, there could be those people who look at me like, "Why are you here?" But also I'm looking at you like you look like everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm exotic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm exotic so like, one. <laughs> none of that none of that matters to me. And I think that you know, I I want to encourage those who are listening to this um, or who see this that get out of those social norms. Mm. Step out and meet someone who doesn't look like you. You know what I mean? Like there are DC, like there's a lot of cliques in the city mm-hmm. where all the boys look like each other, all the girls look like each other. But how powerful will it be? For you to walk into an establishment with a group of your friends and everybody is just so fucking different. How can you learn? How can you excel? Mm. How can you like challenge yourself to learn more culturally if everybody that you Mm. hang with works in the same, you know, works for the same company or in the same occupational field? You know, you all go to the same you know, it must get places. boring. It's it boring. must get fucking boring. <laughs> I Y'all don't all do shop that. at the same place. You all live in the same building. It's like, mm. wow. What is what is exciting about your life? Drink more than a vodka soda, please. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. You're gonna be like, you're gonna be doing mojitos. <laughs> um, so, I think we've had a a lot of insights. Have come from this discussion and like you've said Gregory I feel like anybody listening to this if you've taken nothing from what we've said um, just know that it's okay it's okay to turn inward to 
look at yourself in the mirror and really figure out who you are ask yourself the right questions and i think sometimes you can't yeah have those questions sometimes you just have to look in the mirror and just say oh i'm here Mm -hmm. and you might need other people to kind of help show you community yeah so i think it's important to recognize that it's okay to have those feelings of not knowing who you are or not knowing what you want because I don't even know what I want for dinner sometimes. And sometimes I want like five different meals and I just like, I don't, yeah, right. Life's complicated and Mm. our lives are complicated. Human beings, their brains are so complicated. I tell my students, if you're, if the brain was simple enough for us to understand, we'd be too dumb to understand the world. And it's really, it's our emotional aspect of knowing who we are Mm. is huge, huge, but it's okay to not know who you are because I think by your probably your deathbed, mm. when you're old. Let's hope you get old. That's probably when you'll know who you are because you mm. have that collective knowledge of all your personal experiences and how you react to those things. Being unapologetic for me is being able to work mm. on my understanding of my personal experiences to allow me to stand out mm. while still being nice to people. Like mm. Joe. And sometimes I just sometimes I don't know who I am. Yeah, and that's okay. I, I feel like every day you're a different person. I like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not bipolar. We got, we got this, Steven, tonight. Much love for that community. I, before we get into rapid fire, um, what I nice. really appreciate about you, Steven, and what I'm noticing, yeah, about both of you, like you're both teachers in the best way possible. And really good about bringing people in and just saying let go let go open up to become open to your senses or there's no turning back now like that leotard night you were <laughs> that was i amazing. just walked around and he's like are you ready and i was like uh, i don't know he's like let's go that. That, <laughs> that is being fully um yeah. But yeah, I, I just I yeah. put you in your first song, didn't I? R.I.P. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I think you guys did the same to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I just really value these connections. I'm grateful for this space and you know just the the time that we spent here today and i know that this will bring a lot of value to anybody that's listening um of course the conversation doesn't stop or end here this is an ongoing conversation i hope something sparks where we feel inspired to do another round of something really critical but i really do think that this is timely and relevant and just wanted to say thank you to both of you for um, taking the time to be here. Thank you for having us here, and thank yeah. you for supporting our community in this way. This is a unique Absolutely. way to reach a lot of people, so this is brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. I mean, I feel honored that when you think of living unapologetically, you think of me and Steven. <laughs> I just, well, we didn't know if that was okay at first. Yeah. <laughs> we had to think about it. We really I mean, it's just something that's deep as Antonio. It's just something that's super like effortless and something that we just don't think about because it's so natural to us. Mm. And like to be celebrated for that and to be acknowledged for, you know, something that seems very influential, that it's very just secondhand to us. You know, it's 
it's really nice and i agree fully with that because i never really thought about it either mm-hmm. yeah so thank you for it's for even considering us for this opportunity for sure. no thank you all right so some fun questions rapid fire okay. the goal is one sentence uh no more than one sentence that you have to use <laughs> to answer these and we'll just ping pong back and forth so what is your favorite word steven we'll start with you <laughs> my favorite word. 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 I think yeah, it's a yeah. bird. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite word is turgid. T-U-R-G-I-D. Meaning fat and swollen. Lovely. Like also that turgid describes pigeon. his favorite bird. <laughs> Ma'am. What is your favorite Expeditiously. word? Expeditiously. Lovely. Uh, who's your hero and why? Who's my what? Who's your hero and why? One sentence. My father, actually, because he was in a principal in a school where lots of kids were needing attention. Lovely. Yeah. Who's your hero and why? My mom. And I think I touched base on this before. Because she's she, a baddie. She's a baddie. <laughs> she could have fell into the stereotype. She could have went into government assistance. This lady worked her butt off. She may not have made it to all the football games and all the soccer games and all of the track meets, but we lived a comfortable lifestyle. She and I owe... A great deal to this woman. She never stops. She never will. And I will fall into those footsteps gracefully. Lovely. Gregory's like our mother, by the way. He is. <laughs> so, He's like, you want Skittles? And that disappears. Like Yellow 10 minutes. Granola bar? comes back and he's like, Church basement dance party at 4 a.m. It's a sticker bar just for you. Yes. <laughs> you look yeah, first. I mean, Antonio was like ready to like, he was just like, I don't know. I can't. I, I couldn't mean, I can't choose. Move on. I was, he's like... Actually, I brought Skittles. I brought the Snickers. I brought the yeah, Valley bars. Like this. Sorry, we're <laughs> referencing a moment where we're at Flash, and poor Antonio did not have any food in his system while we were starting to drink, and therefore he needed some food, as what Gregory recognized. I mean, and I was also in the same situation, but I just started kept drinking, so I probably would have benefited from that. Yeah, I ran and grabbed the, whatever I could. Left the All party. The yeah, I left the party, went and grabbed whatever I could and brought it back to the club. Selfishly, like I mean, I did it for you guys for sure, obviously, but like selfishly, it's just like, what was I gonna do if you guys left me? You know what I mean? Like, I would have had to leave too. So it's just like, how do we get you guys back into the zone? You know, the zone. Mm-hmm. And if that meant going and grabbing every Skittle and every granola bar and every Snickers so and every it. lollipop that I could, it's just like here okay. we go <laughs> smorgasbord it was amazing alright describe your style in one word Stephen. trashy <laughs> I love it yeah. describe your style wow in one- <laughs> <laughs> no one disagree with that one yeah. <laughs> sorry says the, says the man with a mullet she's like what do you want us to say where are my jorts <laughs> um, I would just have to say queer yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would also say eclectic for Eclectic. You. Yeah. That's fancy. Um <laughs> and to close us out, tell us tell people where they can find you. In the corner of a dark corner <laughs> of trade. <laughs> <laughs> That's one place. Yeah. In the bottom of a trash can. Yeah, I'm right there. Stop right here. <laughs> you actually you know where like all of the like the <laughs> All of the alcohol on the bar mat, <laughs> and we pour it in the bucket. I'm the bucket. 
I'm the bar mat. <laughs> wow. We're so connected. Yeah, great. You can find us at Trade. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're at Trade every Thursday and Saturday. Um, we're at almost every flower factory on the awesome first Sunday party. of every month. If you're Such ever in D.C. Party. and you have a chance to be your authentic queer self, that mm-hmm. is the place. It's mm. awesome music. Looks. Super fun people. Amazing looks. That's an unapologetic yes. party. Love yeah. That. So if you're ever looking for a place to express yourself in a place where everyone's super expressional... Flower Factory every first Sunday of the month, and you can find. I think it's like Flower Factory Party, Party on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, so look it up. Meet us there. Dope. Oh, social media handles. Is that what you want? It. Uh, yeah. You can find it. me at Gregory Marcus. That's my social media handle everywhere. G R E G G O R Y M A R C U S. And Instagram as well. Albafrons, A L B I F R O N S. What's the Albafrons? I'm a nerd, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's neat. It's Latin for white forehead. My first fish that was really hard to breed. <laughs> it's called the Black Ghost Knife, and its species name is Albafrons. So I kind of grabbed that handle, and it's been with nice. me all along Lovely. since I don't know my since AIM. <laughs> Stephen or, White forehead, Zepeki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, Albafrons. Albafrons. A Terra Notis Albafrons. That's the name of the... Lovely. Yeah. Well, okay. thank you both so much again. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. And thank you to everyone that took the time to tune in. Peace. See Peace. you next time. Peace. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the session. If you enjoy, be sure to tell a friend or share this. See you next time.